Greetings and welcome to the Power for Positive Living podcast. My name is James Huey. I facilitate Friendship's personal growth education services and also serve as host for these podcasts, offering openness and caring through the gifts of listening hospitality. I invite you to join me here on Friendship Podcast Radio as we explore diverse topics to enrich the quality of your life. Power for positive living and friendship. At one time, it was a sign of shame that anyone would admit they needed some assistance with the many challenges that most of us face in the daily process of living life. I know that when I opened my first clinical counseling practice back in 1973 at a medical clinic in North Carolina, my office was placed in the back of the building so that no one could see into the waiting room. There was even a separate appointment book kept under the reception desk counter so that no one could accidentally read who made an appointment. Patients could even leave by the back door of the building if privacy was a very important issue. It seems only those with the most severe psychic pain chose to come to the office, taking the risk of discovery, even though I was the only licensed psychologist in the entire county. But it took a risk, and you had to be in lots of pain before you would risk exposing to your neighbors and friends that you needed some emotional assistance help. Reaching out to individuals with the normal pains and stresses of living was unexpected. It was unexpected by the community and the patients themselves, even though that is usually The normal, everyday stresses of living, those are usually the areas where most progress can be achieved. Even with all the progress of acceptability made in the mental health fields since 1973, it is unfortunate that much of our society today is more supportive and accepting of individuals with physical wounds and illnesses than emotional ones. We struggle with the concept that pain is pain. I believe that no one welcomes anxiety or depression into their world any more than you would normally go out and welcome cancer, a stroke, or broken bones. They all cause pain and hurt and need attention and assistance to be handled. To me, the counseling relationship is one that focuses on changing an individual's thought patterns and behaviors to solve problems. Most of us know that the real change is seldom easy or pleasant. Yet without change, one is usually destined to continue with the same set of stresses which prevent the development of positive mental health. I have the guideline that I've referred to previously, and that is when one does what they've always done, they get what they've always got. If you don't make changes in your physical health, generally the physical health will not go stronger and better. The same is with your emotional health. Personal growth is one way to know yourself better so that you can make healthy, helpful, beneficial changes. Many individuals do choose to use a friend's ear when they are in pain. They choose the friend regardless of the friend's skills or abilities. 
Most of the time, they're available. Most friends try to make the person feel better. That's one of the joys of having friends. Friends try to help you feel better about yourself and your world. But few friends have the skills or the knowledge to help with diagnosis of emotional behavior or the changes that are needed to lessen the pain. Fortunately, a counselor is not restrained by this. Counseling is often a process where the focus is healing, not necessarily making you feel better. Feeling good is great. Feeling better is great. But that's not the focus. The focus is on healing. And the goal is long-term health. It's not focused on situational quick fixes, even though taking care of a situational quick fix can be a part of a long road to long-term mental health improvement. During this process, the individual may or may not feel better in the short term. As he confronts and he implements a healing program for his or her long-range emotional health. He may feel good. He may not feel good. He may feel usually a degree of improvement, but sometimes it can hurt a little bit in getting started. This is a difficult concept for those who want fast relief. A personal challenge for many is accepting the reality that they do not need some type of professional assistance in handling their psychic pain. They may ignore the fact that they do need some assistance and convince themselves that they do not. Unfortunately, denial is a very strong defense mechanism, as is things like rationalization. Even after an individual is willing to seek professional assistance for emotional problems, one of the remaining challenges for many is finding a qualified and suitable mental health professional with whom to visit and work on personal issues. I believe, like any service-related business, there are ways to seek out a mental health professional. The one that seems to work the best for many people is personal referral, where you check with people and say you're looking for a service and seek a referral based on their observations. This method, however, does require one to disclose to another that they are seeking mental health assistance. And this may or may not be comfortable. It may produce discomfort for some people. Input from someone who has received the same service can be very educational for one who is seeking that service. It gives you knowledge and indication that you can use for your own personal choices. I understand that it can be confusing to understand the difference between the various fields of mental health workers. For example, there are psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers, licensed professional counselors, religious and spiritual advisors, etc. It seems that there are many different counselor types for each individual to consider. Each has their own specialties, experience, and skill set. Self-education can help an individual tell the difference between what each specialty offers. There are state licensing boards and professional organizations that can offer a great deal of assistance with the factual aspects of choosing a mental health professional. For example, most states have a board of licensing psychologists. They test and evaluate the knowledge and the experience that a professional has before they can use the term psychologist. 
While mental health counseling is a service-oriented process, choosing a counselor is generally far more personal than selecting a barber or a car mechanic. If one lives in a community with a diversity of mental health specialties, I believe the most challenging part for an individual is finding the professional where there is a personal fit. And believe me, that's hard to describe to you, but it is so critical. Find the professional where there is a personal fit, as well as one who is professionally qualified in his or her knowledge. The relationship is going to be very personal, so finding a professional who has the personality that matches your needs is a fundamental beginning. After all, you are not going to be discussing and relating and building a relationship with the plaques on the walls. You're going to be developing a relationship with the human being who is sitting in front of the plaque. This match is important regardless of the service offered. And it can even be difficult when one is in pain and seeking relief. Too often people wait until the last minute. They have pain and they go and they seek the ER approach. It is generally easier if you do your homework ahead of time and learn more about possible mental health options from sources other than waiting until the crisis mode has arrived. Other factors that you might want to consider when selecting mental health assistance can be things like cost. Is the particular provider insurance qualified? Where is their location? How available are they for appointments? If the next appointment that you could have is 13 months away, it's probably not going to be very helpful. The factor considered the most important to most professionals, yours truly included, is the whole concept of trust. I encourage you to ask yourself, is this person someone who I can trust with my most personal thoughts and feelings in a confidential setting without concern or apprehension? If you haven't been in counseling before, the odds are you're going to have concern and apprehension. Because like any new behavior, it takes a while. Anytime we try something new for the first time, we generally have some concern or apprehension about what's going on. Can I safely trust to uncover myself to another? One of the most frequent concerns for those who have not had professional counseling is the expectation that they need to find the perfect counselor the first time. This can be a really major obstacle. The expectation that somehow I'm going to find the perfect counselor and I have to do it the first time. I have found over these years of living there is no such thing as a perfect counselor any more than there is a perfect spouse perfect parent, perfect child, a perfect friend, a perfect job, a perfect church, or anything else. I encourage people to use an analogy when they are seeking for counseling is being very similar to the dating process. Most people go on the first date to learn more about the other person and their reactions to them while placing themselves on display for the other. Almost every first date has a ritual of some kind. I want to learn more about the other person and let the other person learn more about me. 
The reality I encourage people who use this process is to remember that the main goal of a first date is often to determine if one wants to go on a second date. It's not expected to build a lifelong instant love affair that will last for 40 years. You're basically taking it one step at a time. This same approach is frequently true of a counseling session. When you meet with someone seeking mental health assistance, do you have a positive experience to want to return to share more of yourself with this person? If the answer is maybe, give it a second date. If the answer is absolutely positively yes, sign up for some appointments. If the answer happens to be never, then get out and move on to finding a new source of assistance. Remember, when we talk about having a positive experience, the word positive can mean different things and it can bring different thoughts or different feelings to different people. Not everyone has the same response to another whenever they meet together in a counseling situation. You will find that some counselors talk about these feelings at the conclusion of the first session, while others may not. I encourage clients to be comfortable, to strive for comfort discussing what their goals are and whether they are being met. And if you are in a position where you cannot even talk about how you're feeling, then it's probably time to move on. Please do not be worried about whether you're going to hurt their feelings. They are used to being real. I, for my own example, always strive to encourage people to be honest in their reactions to me, just as I encourage myself to be honest in my reactions to them. It is your counseling session. I also believe that the counselor has the duty to do the same to you on what they can offer you and what they expect of you. You are present to have your needs met. It is your counseling session. Therefore, it is your needs that are the focus. If you find you're not connecting with a professional counselor, many of them will assist you by making referrals to another counselor with whom you may find yourself to be more personable or they may have a different style of communicating. As with other areas of living, we remain free to decide whether we are able and whether we are willing to pay the various prices of seeking help or deciding to stay wherever we happen to be. These choices are always ours personally to make for ourselves. Well, this is your friend and host, James Huey, and I do hope some of this information will be beneficial for you. I hope that all I share during these podcasts are received as gifts from me to you, the listeners. These comments remain my own views and experiences. They are gifts for you to consider. I hope you find some of them have value and to make your own personal life choices for your own positive lifestyle. As always, I thank you for listening to me on this podcast of Wellness Psychology. Your positive feedback sent by email is always appreciated. That email address is powerforpositiveliving at gmail.com. So, please join me next week as we continue to explore diverse topics to enrich the quality of your life. Power for positive living and friendship.